conclude our study on angels, demons, and Satan tonight. And uh, then we will pick up our next doctrinal study. And I'm not sure if I'm going to do it on soteriology or anthropology and harmonology. So with that said, it'll be a new study. And we'll, uh, we'll look at those. But we are under item number D, the last page, and it's demonic activity. And uh, we are on number six. And we're talking about the demons and, and what they do and their activity. And they seduce into immorality. And uh, when you think about seducing into immorality, you think, well, you know, that's a human choice. Yes, it can be a human choice, but also the demons can seduce you into that activity. In fact, in 1 Timothy, thank, yeah, there you go, thank you. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, now the Spirit expressively says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, they will give heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. So, <clears throat> when you consider that text and you look at it on the board or in your Bibles, whichever one you're looking at, uh, they are energized, these demons are energized by Satan himself. And they are energized to do a couple of things. Number one is to lead people astray. And, and as uh, we are led astray, then he can begin to not only deceive us, but he can begin to misuse us. And then what happens after we are deceived, then we begin to deny God's word and we begin to say, well, you know, that's not really what that means because we want to justify our own actions. So we are, are deceived, and that's what the Apostle Paul is saying there in Timothy. They deceive us in immorality. And I would guess that throughout human history, I don't know if it's ever been worse than it is now because of the opportunities that people have to be seduced in immorality. Everyone that carries a phone that can get on the Internet you can be seduced by what you find on there. And it is so easy to be misled and so easy to start deceiving yourself. And then, well, that, you know, that, the Word of God's archaic. It's outdated. That can't be right. And then, then you begin to deny the Word of God, and, and then you begin to deceive yourself. And it, it's just a slippery slope once you get on that slope. And, and uh, the Apostle Paul was writing to Timothy saying, listen, you've got to beware. You have to, you have to think about these things. You, ha you have to consider all things. And when I think about that slippery slope, I, my mind always goes back to an Old Testament character. And that Old Testament character was none other than Joseph. And you know, Joseph had every opportunity to be misled by Potiphar's wife, didn't he? But he instead... He ran out of the house, even though he was in prison. Eventually, God vindicated him, and uh, our whole desire is to be pleasing unto God. Like King David said when he had committed adultery with Bathsheba, what he said then is, Lord, in Psalm 51, it is against you and you only that I have sinned and done this wicked deed. So he said, I feel like my bones are being broken, so cleanse me of my unrighteousness and return the joy of my salvation to me. 
So what happens is that, that joy is lost and, and peace is lost and, and uh, we are seduced in immorality. The next thing that I want to talk about is this. They can enter and control unbelieving human beings. Now notice I said they can enter and control unbelieving human beings. That's what demons desire to do. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 45. And it, it's, Jesus tells the story about this man who was, who was demon-possessed. or de- We use that term. It's demon-oppressed, really, is, is a better terminology. But Jesus talks about this man, and he talks about uh, what happens and let's read this, read this. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits. What he did, this man's house had been cleaned. His body, his temple had been cleansed. The spirit was, was cast out of him. But here was a problem about that. He didn't replace that with the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit of God. And because he did not replace that evil spirit with God's Holy Spirit, then what happens is this. Then he goes and takes with him seven more spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it also be with this wicked generation. He's talking about the the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, and all of those that were opposing himself, Jesus. Now, have you ever met somebody that when you looked into their eyes, you thought they were the embodiment of evil? It is absolutely frightening. I've stumbled onto this channel, and I've, I've watched a little bit of it. It, uh, it has these uh, serial killers, and it tells the story of how they were caught. And, and uh, John Wayne Gacy, remember that name? Killed at least 33 young boys, young men, tortured them. It, it talks about uh, the Zodiac. Killer. It talks about, and, and you, you look into these people's eyes, and all you see is evil. And I believe that they are demon oppressed. I believe that, and, and of course, when we were over in Brazil, I think I told you the story about the man that I met that was demon possessed. And I'm telling you, it was frightening. In fact, when uh, the missionary took me out to the bow of the boat that night and said, I'm going to come and get you tomorrow and we're going to go see Aldenor. You know what I was like? Please, God, let him forget me. Just leave me in the clinic. I'll stay there. But no, he didn't forget me. He came and got me. But you know what? That demon-possessed man or demon-oppressed man was freed from his demon. Had not been out of the house in five years. That night, I, I told him after the, he, he'd given his life to Christ. And I mean, he, he would hide his eyes and then when he... When, when we were praying in the blood of Christ and he brought his hands down, you saw different eyes. They were no longer that evil, but they were clear. And that night, I told him, I said, Aldenor, you need to come and make this public. And everybody in this little community knew Aldenor. And when he hit the back door, I was preaching, and it was like the, the Red Sea parted. People just went to either side. And here came Aldenor and gave his life to Christ, and I baptized him in the... Uh, the Amazon, wasn't it? And, and it was just absolutely amazing to see that happen. But as Jesus said, if, if you don't rehabitate your heart with Christ, then something worse potentially will happen and more evil 
than initially. Uh, let's look at uh, about demons that can possess animals as well. And <clears throat> that's in, in uh, Mark's Gospel, chapter 5. You all know the story of the, the swine. And at once Jesus gave them permission. What they said, cast us out of this man. We are legion. We are many. And Jesus does that to cleanse the man. Then the unclean spirit went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000. The herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. Now, <clears throat> think about this. They left the man. They went into the herd of swine. Do you know pigs can swim? They're pretty good swimmers. But these demons, they don't care about man or animal. They just care about death, killing, stealing, and destroying, as Jesus said. That's what the thief does, John 10.10. And that's what happens in so many people's lives he comes to destroy them. And just like you were saying with your son, that uh, God has delivered him. And that's such a praise. Yes, ma'am. We don't know, but it didn't kill the demons. They probably entered somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, because we know their judgment is at the end. And we know that uh, Satan is a defeated foe, and they are defeated as well. <coughs> But all they care about is destruction. Uh, they act as fortune tellers and prophets as well. And uh, we see that in Acts 16, 16, to Paul and Silas. And it says, now it happened. As they went to prayer, and what was going on, they, they, were, they were in this, this small community, and they were going down to the river to worship with Lydia and others because there was, not, there was not enough people in the, in the community to have a synagogue because typically Paul would go to the synagogue and teach until he got thrown out. <laughs> but now he's going to the river, and, and they're, they're teaching at the, at the river. And it happened as he went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her master's much profit by fortune-telling. Now, that... That spirit was saying, Paul and Silas, you serve the Most High God. But finally, Paul says, come out of her. And when the spirit came out of her, then her, her uh, masters no longer cared for her because they lost the prophet. And because they lost the prophet, guess what they did to Paul and Silas? They ran them out of town. You know, Paul was always getting ran out of town. Everywhere he would go, he was either... In, getting going to be thrown in jail, was thrown in jail, let down in the basket, stoned and left for dead. Can you imagine? Can you imagine with somebody of Paul's resume sending to a local church today, well, I've been in jail this many times. I've been stoned. I've been beaten. I, it's say, throw his resume in the trash. <laughs> but the apostle Paul, you know, I'd say he'd been a hard person to get along with in ways. But one thing about him, he was sold out to the Lord. They not only act as fortune tellers and prophets, but they influence human government. We, we've seen this in the past, but we're going to put a couple of scriptures up there. Ephesians 6, 12. And the, Paul is saying, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, 
but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. And then Daniel chapter 10 verse 13 says, But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief priests, princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the king of Persia. And, and so basically, what, what we see here, there, and, and we see that over providences and nations, there are evil spirits. And they control, manipulate uh, what's going on. And I can only imagine what's going on in the Kremlin right now. So evil, so wicked, so disheartening. They also try to bring jealousy and strife to believers, in believers, between believers. James chapter 3. Who's wise and understanding among you? And now watch what he says next because of the strife. Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Now there's a major difference between intellect and wisdom. Intellect comes by human knowledge and understanding and study. But wisdom comes from God. And if I were to have one, I would choose wisdom every time. So, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom, there's a contrast here, if you'll notice, this wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. So that, that contrast, for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. How true is that? You know, the one thing I, I, I love about James and the writing of James. James was a pastor of the church at Jerusalem. And unlike Paul, Paul was an evangelist. He was a pastor. And when I read James, or I listen to James while I'm walking or driving, it's like you're getting many sermons over and over and over and over and over again. And just real practical things. The, the tongue is a fire, and it's set on fire by the nature of hell, by the course of hell. And he just he gives us just real practical thoughts alright they also deceive through miracles Revelation 16 for there are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God almighty spirits of demons do this now in chapter 13 it says, And he exercises all the authority of the first beast, talking about the beast of the false prophet, in the presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs so that even fire, he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by, these, by those signs, which he granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. So they deceive through 
miracles. As you read through the book of Revelation, you know the pandemic that we're still seeing some of, thankfully not as fierce as we fought the last few years. But I think that's just a foretaste of what's coming. And as horrible as that has been, what the earth will face will be absolutely beyond imagination. That's why I am glad that the Lord will descend and shout with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and say, come up here. Amen. So I am not one who believes we'll go through the tribulation. I also disseminate false doctrine, 1 Timothy 4.1. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and the doctrines of demons. And then the next passage says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Isn't that the truth? You think, of, throw out a false prophet name. How about Jim Jones? <laughs> David Koresh. What about the, uh, the ones out in California? I can't even remember what they are, the names were. They, the comet was coming to get them. Anybody remember that one? Can't remember the names, though. But, I mean, the, the false prophets have always been there. And they are to deceive. And generally, it's for one of two purposes. Well, one of three, actually. It's power, it's money, and it's lewdness. Every time. By this, you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, now you've got to have that word flesh in there, is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist which you have heard was coming and now is now already in the world. They disseminate false doctrine. Next. Interestingly enough, they may be used by God to carry out his purpose. First Samuel. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. Yeah, we find that odd, don't we? But Saul, Saul had absolutely gone against God and God had already removed the... Uh, crown from his head. First Kings 22. The Lord said to him, in what way? So he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And the Lord said, you shall persuade him and also prevail. Go out and do so. And the last one, and lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan above me, lest I should be exalted above measure. And that's Paul. Paul's saying, listen, I didn't need to be exalted. The only one to be exalted is Christ. Pastors not to be exalted. Deacons aren't to be exalted. 
Sunday school teachers aren't to be exalted. They're to be encouraged. But the only one to be exalted is Christ. Worship leaders aren't to be exalted, are they, James? They're, they're to be encouraged. The last thing, the judgment of demons. The judgment of demons. Matthew chapter 25. Then he will also say to those on his left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Now, it's one thing to know that eternal damnation awaits you. Satan and the angels know that. But so many people just do not believe anymore. And they have no idea what, what awaits them. And for me, that is so scary. For the first time in the history of our nation, 47% of Americans believe in God. In Europe, 3%. Staggering. I was reading an article about a college professor. His four-year-old son said, Dad, does God exist? And the professor asked his son, he said, what do you think? His four-year-old son said, I think it's imagination. That's where we're at. I have said the past couple of years have been the hardest years of ministry because of all that's transpired. But it's also the hardest because people are hard-hearted. And I used to, when I'd go into the hospital, everybody I would ask to pray with them, please pray for me. They didn't matter if they were lost or saved, pray for me. And now I often get, no, no. And that's, that breaks your heart. But you know what? We fight the good fight and we finish the course. And we run that race. Because that's what God has called us to do. Our job is not to convince. Our job is to carry the message. The Holy Spirit has to convict and convert. But our job is to be a mouthpiece. All right, thank you for your time tonight. I hope that uh, you've been...